of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. As always, there is a lot going on. I suppose we'll start with the, well, Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, well, he finally showed up in East Palestine, Ohio, and uh, I guess he got bullied into it. And then when Donald Trump shows up yesterday, someone in the White House is like, all right, Pete, you got to get down there. Okay, come on. Trump is making us look bad. He's making us look like a bunch of idiots. And so Pete Buttigieg shows up there. He got the, you know, he got the reflective vest on and the hard he, hat on, and he was looking very seriously while talking. His goggles with, on too. I yeah, noticed. Right. Yeah. With, he's yeah. talking with people from the NTSB, uh, from Norfolk Southern, uh, from some city officials and other dignitaries. Uh, notice he wasn't at the McDonald's handing out cheeseburgers like uh, the People's President Donald Trump. But you know, nope. That's, <laughs> That's that's what you can come to expect from the faculty lounge class that Joe Biden surrounds himself with. It's true. Um, and I think it's really interesting because they're very good at apologizing, but not very good at actually, you know, taking the lead on certain issues. Because today Pete Buttigieg was asked actually just moments ago, uh, hey, you know, you didn't send out a tweet until 10 days after even send out a tweet about the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. Until after, like, 10 days had passed. Was that too long? And he says, well, the answer is yes. But we're taking accountability for it. But you're not. Okay. Like, so give me all the steps how you're taking accountability. Right, right. <laughs> well, we're blaming these people, which is yeah. fine. They need to pay. But, I mean, my goodness, this long with people not knowing whether or not the air they're breathing is going to kill them or their kids or make them sick. The water they're drinking, you get out of the shower, you got a rash over three-fourths of your body. But yes, but we are. We're going to make it right. How? They can't even get hotel stays at places to get out of there for a while. Well, this, they, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, this is the administration of platitudes. Oh, sure. Yes. I mean, it just is. They do it all the time. Yeah. They've already shown they don't care about those people. But then when the political right. pressure came on and they had no choice, okay, we'll make it right. But what was the deal? They were... Not going to talk to anybody unless they turn the cameras off? Yeah, so uh, Savannah Hernandez with Turning Point and another reporter, and I, I didn't catch her name, uh, with the Daily Caller, tried to talk to uh, the Department of Transportation's press secretary. She said, hey, I'm the press secretary, I'll talk to you. But she wanted them to turn the cameras off. Okay, you've been in news, or you were in news for quite a while. Have you ever seen anything like that? Not in a situation like this. I mean, there may be times when you're, you know, it's more of a one-on-one -on -one thing, but usually if they don't want to be on camera, 
somebody just kind of says, well, no, I'm not going to be taking questions right now. Then you walk away. Okay. So it's not just us saying, that's odd. No, it's odd. All right, roll it. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, thank Absolutely. You, sir. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that it's a little bit aggressive. That's why. Why, why is it aggressive? That's a little aggressive. Yeah. That's, to turn the camera on? That's their go-to. I don't feel safe. Why? That's part of the gig, isn't it? Re- re- yeah, you're a spokesperson. You're you're a you're a spokeswoman. You're a press secretary. The job is to be out in front of the cameras to take some of the pressure off of the person who's heading the department you represent. Yeah, because questions from the media on camera are the real problem here. Right. That's the real problem. Give me a break, man. Can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Care? He took her the other day when he, she was asking a question in Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your question. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I, I had don't. my camera off a minute ago. If I turn it off, we you all have your cameras on. I can see them. You guys, I'm happy to have this conversation. Oh, my God. Somebody should have showed him the, a pothole. That's kind of been his real house. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, how can you make this bad look for them look worse by yeah. doing that? Oh, exactly. Wow. You don't, you don't have, like, on, on, the, on the plane ride or the train ride or the drive over to East Palestine, you don't have some time to get some note, note cards together and just say, here's what we're going to say. Here's the boilerplate thing that we're going to tell anybody who tries to run up and ask questions or just say, uh, no, we're going to be doing a press conference in an hour. Uh, you're just going to have to wait till then. And then walk right. walk away. It's pretty simple. It's a bad look, maybe, but it's it's better than saying, I'm more than happy to talk with you, but you're being very aggressive with that camera. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know, I know. If I say the wussification of America, I'm painted into a corner, but I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's aggressive no. if you turn on the camera. I will just say this. This is an assault on the First Amendment and therefore democracy. Preach, bro. Well, the camera's <laughs> not afraid. a camel. It's not going to spit at you. <laughs> I mean, golly. Well, and you know the take. And, I, you know, to say now these people, these poor people have become political props for Donald Trump. Listen, this is what politicians do. They look at situations like this and they notice, hey, no one seems to care. I'm going to let these people know that I care. Yeah, This isn't new to Trump with the working class of America. He's done this before. No, and I, I, I like what he did. I love what he did there. Uh, you know, I wish he would stop Smart. throwing out random weird accusations about Ron DeSantis and just do more stuff like this. You'll have a better shot at getting the nomination, dude. I agree. If you're running for president. So he visited East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, where this train derailment and chemical spill has upended people's lives. And he's talking with the people. He's at McDonald's. He's ordering food for people. And he's like, I know this menu better than anybody else here. And that's probably true. (laughs) Yes. And then he talked about the water, the high-quality water that he was dropping off. (laughs) We're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water, actually, most of it. Uh, Some of it we had to go to a much lesser quality water. Oh, God. You want to get those Trump bottles, I think, more than anybody else. But we're bringing a lot of water. <laughs> I know there are people jumping on him for that. It's That's Trump, dude. He, he's You never know if he's serious or if it's with a wink and a nod. But I, I tend to think a lot of that is a wink and a nod, kind of playing up to the character that he's made for himself. Yes. I Was agree. there, like, bottled water with his logo on it? Yeah, it's Trump water. Okay. He's not joking about that. There that's really a real was thing. Trump water, yes. Okay. You don't remember Trump's steaks? 
He puts what? his name on stuff. Yeah. That's what Trump does. Yes. He's got the hose running outside his house. He's filling up bottles of water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Meanwhile, someone in the (laughs) Biden administration is saying we've brought down energy costs. (laughs) Yeah. It's the vice president? The vice president, Kamala Harris. Yeah. How? Where? She was doing this event and was talking about how Biden's economic plan, I'm sorry, the Biden-Harris economic plan. Is it back to that? Is working. Is it because that branding went away for a while? But I guess it's back? Okay. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, (laughs) like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader, for working families. We have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. Okay. <laughs> Can someone explain to me what she's talking about? I, I guess what she's trying to talk about is winterization programs that are available that really, I mean, it helps a very small number of people because most people are looking at their energy bills and saying, hey, they've been going up. For yeah. two years now, and they're not really expected to stop rising on average uh, until maybe next year. I mean, it's not it's not getting better for most Americans. So I don't really understand what she's talking about here, other than she's a liar who lies. That's it. <laughs> yes, I guess you could say anything you want. The legacy media outlets are not going to call you on it, so you just say crap like that yep we're saving money and it's always for hard-working families mm. well the energy of gaslighting continues to go up it, this <laughs> is true yeah holy smokes the, the the deadbeat families we don't help them so much but the hard-working families of course i mean even though we're trying to destroy the family structure at every corner that's that's who we're helping out and just a little extra money in your pocket do they actually see what's going on like any of the stories out there with credit card debt how people are not buying other things because the food prices are so high and as far as the energy costs i don't even know where that comes from well we we all get bills from our energy companies we all know that's a lie i think they haven't gone down yeah i think what she's trying to say and they've done this sort of creative dishonest math before is that because they are not spiking as much as they had been over the course of several months, therefore that represents a decrease in costs, which is a total lie. No, it doesn't doesn't work that way. (laughs) And you know what is so infuriating, and we'll get to it in a bit, is Biden talking about Ukrainians and pensions and a little extra money in their pockets. As part of the five hundred million he just handed over. Yeah. What are we at now with Ukraine? One hundred thirteen billion. It's it's a it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll get to that in a bit. And Tucker Carlson could cause another nine eleven. Says who? Oh, you gotta hear this. That and much more coming up right here.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, um, so a cable news host could bring on another 9-11? Could be. Got to be very, very careful about this. ABC on, News. man. ABC News is spreading this wild conspiracy theory that Tucker Carlson having in his possession the tens of thousands of hours of footage from inside the Capitol on the day of the Capitol riot could enable another 9-11. It's dangerous. Okay. okay. This is uh, Alyssa Farah Griffin. He used to be a Republican before she saw dollar signs. Right. Okay. Roll it out. So as a Republican, like we always say, we back the blue. Will you just expose the entire Capitol and undermine the Capitol Police and their safety precautions for something like a January 6th were it to ever happen again or something like 9-11 where the Capitol was targeted? Wow, she got on the email for the talking points. Well, yeah. See, that's just it, right? We talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Everybody's using the same talking points now, how dangerous it is. What they're really yeah. pissed about is they don't have it. Yes. They, didn't, they weren't asked to participate in the reindeer games. So now they're mad. For, well, forever since it happened, we found out there were hours, thousands of hours of footage that we've never seen from January 6th. And we have the right to see it. It's owned by the people. And Kinzinger could have, uh, well, and so would anybody else on that that panel, give it to somebody else. They chose not to. Why? Well, it's for the same reason why the final January 6th commission report didn't really include any recommendations when it comes to the law enforcement response and preparation of that day. Because they don't want that. Because that undermines their entire insane talking point that this was an all-out coup. That it was an insurrection. Nancy Pelosi could have had more cops there. The mayor of D.C. I mean, I think if I remember right, I used to have this all in like a little spreadsheet. I could look it up real quick. The mayor of D.C. actually basically turn some cops away. So we yeah. don't want that just, you know, for optics well, sake. Well, what what they did was uh activate the National Guard, the DC Guard, but uh they were only there for traffic duty. They were not allowed to carry firearms. And if you remember your honest reaction when it was happening. Yeah. Part of you was horrified. Like, "Oh my gosh." Cuz you saw windows breaking, things like that, like, "Oh man, this looks crazy." The other part made you very confused because cops were holding the doors open and there were friendly exchanges between law enforcement and the people that were, well, sometimes just walking around in the Capitol taking selfies. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is going on? And part of your thought, and I remember talking about it this day, saying it's almost like they wanted this to happen. They wanted people to come in there. Now, are we going to see video that actually shows that maybe but man when there's this much protesting going on yeah, exactly it's really interesting mm-hmm. you know what man do you remember it was just about a year ago i think it was the middle of march of last year when tulsi gabbard and tucker carlson were talking about the russia ukraine war and whoopi goldberg and the view wanted them both arrested yeah, <laughs> yeah of course they did I remember they used to arrest people for this. For having an opinion? Yes, that that's the modern left right now. At least on the on the highest levels, at least in uh, you know, the chattering class and in politics, the uh the the talking point in the modern left movement is all about censorship and it's about using 
the force of law to get rid of opinions they don't like. It is, man. It's Marxism. That part's a little scary. It's not so much the people that are out in front of the Marxist ideology. They don't give you a whole lot of fear, but as a group and where they want to take it and where we've seen this country go in the last five years, yeah, gives you reason to worry a little bit. But it leads me to believe there is something on those films they don't want you to see or me to see or anyone else for that matter because it will completely blow up the narrative. Spot on, Scotty. Hey, I wanted to ask you about this. This was a survey out there. See if you agree. So I think a lot of people will find this interesting. Seven out of ten people said they would rather be buried in a cardboard box than an expensive casket because they don't want their family members spending too much money on their funeral. Yeah, I could see that. So if I pose the question to you, cardboard box, Scott, or expensive casket? No, expensive casket. You, that's what you want, isn't you it? burn through all that life insurance money. Yep. <laughs> You're superstitious about what might happen. Is that fair to say? Once you're dead? Well, I, that's only some... Well, see, this sounds terrible when I say it, though. It does. Because, you know, I'm the organ donation thing is viable, valuable. It's, it's great that you can take this vessel you no longer need and help somebody else live longer, right? Right. Sure. I just wonder, and again, I don't know this, but I wonder sometimes if they take my eyes, I get to heaven, and I can't see anything. I'm walking around, stumbling around, bouncing around heaven. Should I get so lucky as to be there? And then what? Jesus says to you, yep, can't do nothing about your sight. Sorry, you gave your eyes away. I never told you that. Helped all these other people. Couldn't, they couldn't see, but you're the one exception in heaven. But I, you'll say, find me a place in the Bible where I said, give up your eyes. I didn't say that. It's not there. <laughs> Okay, so but what does that wrong. have to do that's with a cardboard box? For me to say, what does right? that have to do with a cardboard box rather than an expensive casket? You want everything as pristine as possible? <laughs> yes. Like your it. eyes are not going to disintegrate anyway? <laughs> no, maybe not. I don't know. You don't know either. Nobody knows. Like you're you're worried about your lumbar support in heaven? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care. Chuck me in a ditch. Let the coyotes have me. I don't care. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Well, if it's an Amazon box, it'd be free shipping to the gravesite. <laughs> <laughs> well, they people guessed in the poll the average funeral cost was around five thousand dollars. That's so. cheap. That's on the cheap end. It's usually between seven and twelve grand. Yes. Mm. Having just done this for my aunt, yeah, it was. It's not cheap, man. None of nothing is cheap, and we we went a little cheaper because she was cremated. And you would never do that either. No, sir. But that was her wishes. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Your take on that, I'm sorry, just kills me. No. It's okay. horrible. It's really horrible. We gotta get to how we're paying for pensions in Ukraine and much more coming up. Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. I, with the economy and everything else and how much we're in debt, does it irritate you to know that we are paying for pensions in Ukraine? 
Yeah, I mean, been doing that for like a year now. Pensions? Yeah. We're yes. funding their government for all intents and purposes. So, like, you mean like their Social Security is what yeah. we're funding? Yeah. Because I think most Americans are thinking, well, we're supplying weapons and stuff like that, and we help with aid and get them water, food. Shelter, those types of things, yes. It goes beyond that. I mean, you're talking about longer-term security assistance. How about our own long-term security assistance? That's what people are a little upset about. I mean, seriously, about. We, they I talk know. about Social Security going broke every year. Yes. I know. But it goes beyond this. Well, this is what Biden said, getting back, you know, from his trip. And to deliver much-needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. It's also going to provide critical resources to address food shortages around the globe. Yeah, money. A little money in their pocket, Scott. Well, how about a little money in my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Or how Gosh, about we start it. paying down some of the money we already owe? Exactly. As a as a country. It's like it doesn't exist. It's like no one ever wants yeah. to recognize thirty two trillion in debt. It'll work out. You know, I don't think people look at it like that. I think he because he slurs his way through all these things, right? Yeah. And you're not even really paying attention. Because with Biden, once he starts down that path, you just it just becomes Charlie Brown's parents, right? You just don't even hear it anymore. It's just I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. Slurs one word into another. Golly, I didn't know we were funding their Social Security. <laughs> Barely fund our own. Well, I mean, we can get into this later if you want. There was a whole piece in the Wall Street Journal talking about, you know, what's come up again in Ukraine? Corruption. Well, it was Have only... you seen this? Like, just lately, like over the last few weeks, like, oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh. Uh, you know, Zelensky was on the ropes right before Russia invaded. And then sort of everybody banded together. But at the same time, I mean, you talk about Marxism. There's a lot of signs of that within Ukraine, the way Zelensky has basically state-run media. I mean, any well, dissenting yeah. voices, they were gone. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, with the financial corruption thing, we talked about it a few weeks ago oh, when yeah. you had all of these regional and uh, regional leaders having to resign because they were taking you know cars that were meant for aid relief yep. and they were i don't know maybe overcharging for food in order to pocket some of the profits things like that and yet right now democrats on capitol hill and quite a few republicans i'm sad to say are like well we can't do an audit of the money just yet we're not no 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 because they're 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 fighting a war right now okay yeah well if we're holding the money bag, then we ought to know where those dollars are going. Yeah. They're figuring out how to rip people off and take our money for their own personal gain, but we couldn't we couldn't dare audit. We couldn't figure out for ourselves how the money's being used. That's insane. It is it's frustrating. Yeah. What do you fire? Like ten advisors? Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was more than that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was a long list of people that got fired. They had to turn in their tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. 
You know, and there are certain stories that, uh, I'll be honest, they irritate me. And But I can't help, and most of the time it would be, Scott, that I hear the reaction in my head of what it's going to be. What? Pensions? It's <laughs> yeah. the first thing I thought. Well, that's what you got. Yes. There are other stories. You know, David's voice is in my head. You know, a lot of Second Amendment stuff. What? We'll try it. Just come try it. You know, that sort of thing goes in my head. My favorite is David's liberal voice. <laughs> Why are you mocking me, Scott? It's not very nice. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> okay. Wait till the puppet show, man. When we go on over that, it's going to be outstanding. <laughs> All right. It's this time of the show. We always uh, go around the table because we're always looking at stories. Might not be the biggest story of the day, but it caught your attention today. David, what's your story? Well, you mentioned Second Amendment stuff, and it just so happens this is my story for the day. All right. I saw this on the reload. It is a sad story, man. There's a gun control advocacy group that's accused of taking advantage of gun violence victims and driving them into bankruptcy. And here's how this played out. This involves a couple named Sandy and Lonnie Phillips. They lost their daughter in the horrible Aurora theater shooting yeah. a few years back. Well, the group Brady United Against Gun Violence, a big player in this arena, pushed them to try to sue the gun manufacturer and the, and the people who made the bullets used. Okay. Well, that lawsuit failed. It was tossed out as meritless. Uh, and it turns out this couple was stuck with the cost of it, of the lawsuit. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my goodness. They say Brady never told them about the financial risks uh, and, again, they're in bankruptcy now. Uh, Brady's spokesperson disputed the claim. Now, the judge at the time when he was tossing out the lawsuit said, wrote, like, we assumed the Phillips would get financial support because, after all, you had this major national organization that was pushing them into the courtroom to try yep. to make this political, uh, make, well, political hay out of the tragedy at the theater. Um, but that wasn't the case. A spokesperson for... Uh, Brady said, quote, nonprofits like Brady do not have the financial funds to play or to pay for unsuccessful suits that clients decide to bring, which is why we always make clear to the client the financial risks involved in these lawsuits. Well, the couple is saying no one ever told us that. It was just rah, rah, we're going to go and get uh, we're, we're going to go and get these gun manufacturers. Yeah, because isn't some of the marketing? I think this is still the case. It used to be would be to the client. And we don't get paid until you get paid. Right. right. Well, that, that's right. what a lot of law firms do, but apparently right. not this nonprofit group. It's, oh. they're, they're taking all of the headlines and assuming none of the risk. They're using wow. people. That's a sweet deal. Yeah. They're, they're using people who have been affected by unspeakable tragedy. It's disgusting. It is. <laughs> when you say they're horrible people. They are horrible Sometimes people. even as a joke, no, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. All right, Scott, what's your story today? Well, there was another record set by the Biden administration. Um, we know that there's a record for illegal immigration. That was shattered to pieces a long time ago. We also know that the most transparent administration ever could easily have set new records for sneaky stuff. Now we set, And by the way, Joe Biden tied the record for falling up the stairs. Also tied with Gerald Ford at two. We're waiting for that, that uh, glass ceiling to burst any moment now. But the American household debt has reached a level not seen since the beginning of the arrival of the Obama administration in 2008. So, there's a new record. 
The average American household is now carrying more than, get this, $142,000 in debt, adding up to a whopping $17 trillion across the country. All under the Biden administration, another record has been broken. Yay! <laughs> wow. Okay. For my story today, it's something that I had no idea existed until I read this. And I'm curious to know if David had ever heard of this. This was out of the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know, China had their lockdowns for the last few years, mm-hmm. right? And now, because of all the protests, everything else, they've loosened it up. So more people in China have gotten together, family dinners, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, special clinics are back in business now because for a while you didn't have the big gatherings and people don't have this type of meal where it's like fish, like a big old fish mm-hmm. that everybody like takes part of. Yeah. So you have special clinics to remove stuck fish bones in your throat oh, wow. that are thriving <laughs> again. Have you ever heard of that? The bone is thriving? No, no, no. You're the growing clinics. fish? There are okay. 11 clinics oh. that specialize oh. in removing Whoa. stuck fish oh, bones from your throat. <laughs> Holy cow, daddy-o. Yes. Well, and of course, then you got to have a writer that's, that writes it like this. Communal meals featuring the whole fish, creating a flurry of business for specialists who get diners off the hook. Okay. Oh my well, I'm gosh. wondering if the surgeon has the patient go about 12 feet away, open his mouth, he just puts a cast, cast the, <laughs> the reel out there. Just a bone, Scott. Just bring, a bite. Brings it in. Yeah. Um, well, apparently that this is such a big deal that they created these clinics a while ago. And it's, you know, a land of fish and rice. But And sometimes people go to, like, a regular hospital, but it's easier to have a special clinic for this. Talk about this one uh, person, Miss Yu, freed of the half-inch bone in her throat. Oh, my gosh. Um, has become an evangelist on social media mm-hmm. for professional fish bone services. <laughs> And it's startled at how much dubious bone removal advice is out there. She said, my lesson, forget all the home remedies, just go see a doctor. And I'm reading this going, I, I, you know, having coffee this morning, I'm like, is this real? Yeah. The menace of the fishbone has been more or less <laughs> taken away from the Western diet because it favors the easy-to-eat fish fillet. But in many Asian countries... Oh. And Asian communities around the world, whole fish is a cherished presence on the communal dinner table. And so, the, again, there's a lot of people saying, here's the home remedy. And they're like, no, just go have it taken care yeah. of. Well, yeah, I, I like that she's out there uh, trying to uh, knock down disinformation when it comes to fish-related injuries. I don't yes. know. I, I had heard about this. She has a podcast. It's called uh, Real Talk. I felt the setup, and it paid off. David, is that show broadcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. The story goes on from there. Some some people think it's damaging to the culture, but others say it's a net positive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. I, I'm done with this story. <laughs> Anybody that... want the bone? <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's much more to get to today. Um, you know, the First Amendment's so out of date. Who said that? Really, someone from the failing New York Times. That and much more straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the First Amendment, that eh, out of date. Yeah. I'm going to put it out to pasture. Yeah, why, 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 why bother with it anymore, right? A uh, member of the editorial board of the country's paper of record, the New York Times, says maybe the First Amendment is just a tad out of date. Uh, Mara Gay was on MSNBC. This is the lady who thought that because... <laughs> What was it? It was it was uh, 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 Michael Bloomberg running for president a couple years ago. He spent something around five hundred million dollars on his campaign, and she claimed that he could have given every American a million dollars and still had walking around money left over. Oh yeah, yeah. This lady is an idiot, but is still apparently somebody whose voice needs to be recognized and celebrated. Uh, she was talking about how Congress needs to figure out how to regulate speech online. Oh, okay. We actually have a very broad First Amendment statute. And, of course, as a journalist, that's a wonderful thing. The problem here is that the world has changed. And so, to your point, Joe, now you have companies that are actually not journalistic organizations that are Ooh. disseminating um, information, some of it factual, some of it dangerous, some of it hate speech. And they, are, they essentially have no responsibility. Uh, for the consequences of that. I don't think we can allow it to go on as it has where there's no... What? <laughs> well, go ahead. I know you're chomping at the bits. Well, no, I just hate the d- journalists. We're so high-minded. Yeah. I'll let her finish. Go just, ahead. Where there's no consequences and people can make money, in fact, to your point, uh, right. while, while disseminating this information that is tearing the country apart. That- that's the New York Times, though. That you can describe MSNBC yes. in that way. Yes, uh, you can describe CNN in that way. That you is, could describe Chuck Todd at NBC that right. way. But that, is she aware of the Twitter files? Right. That the American people know what happened. Well, well, and the thing is, that's the beauty of the First Amendment: is that it's it is absolutely MSNBC's right to share the hateful. Sometimes outright racist, yes. and divisive things that they say. It is their right to do it, even if I disagree with it and I find it abhorrent. It's their right to do it. I'm not calling on Congress to say that this moron shouldn't be on television anymore. What's well, the battle of ideas? And that's what the left never wants to do, really, is compare ideas. They don't. So just suppress the other side. And I'd like someone to ask... Mara Gay, and everyone else like her, where do you want to go? What country, just which country has it figured out? Okay? Because I bet we can get a GoFundMe to help you get there. We'll set you up nice. So tired of that nonsense. I'd like to ask her who the gatekeepers are going to be. Who's going to decide? Journalists will. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Look at the trust in journalists right now. Yeah, they're fantastic. It's well-earned. Right. Yeah. Okay. Did see this. On a lighter note, um, one of the few things BuzzFeed does well is little things like, what are the everyday activities that you did wrong for years and didn't know it? Because it's kind of interesting. Is there something that comes to mind, Scott? You're looking around. I'm thinking. I know there's several hundred, but I, for the life of me, can't come up with one right now. Okay. Um, have you ever heard this to open bananas? You should do what monkeys do and open them from the bottom. It's a lot easier. I've heard about that. that. Yeah. You've heard about it but never done it? I've never done it, no. I didn't know monkeys did that either. See, I just learned something new today. Now we're going to try to open them from the bottom. I don't think I want to do that. Why? What's the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> well, I don't, it's, it's because you got the stem. You break the stem off, and then it just peels. I understand Very the easily. concept. They're yeah. saying it's easier to do it from the bottom. God, okay, well, I'll try it. Is there... Okay. Do you enjoy a banana? I like a good banana, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. I can hear you from two rooms over enjoying that banana. Peeling the banana? Not peeling it. Enjoying it. You know. Mm-hmm. So I try to wait for you to not be here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Pothole Pete goes to Ohio. <laughs> That's yeah. a children's book. <laughs> he loves transportation. You know that. He's had a personal love of transportation ever since childhood. Sure. Yes, yeah. he loves it. He's ridden on a couple of trains. He was on a boat one summer. Yes. Yeah. He proposed he, at an airport, or was that a train yeah. station? Yeah, I was, I was in an airport terminal. Airport, yes. so that's transportation, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's transportation, obviously. Um, it's interesting. So Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, finally showed up in East Palestine, Ohio, at the site of that uh, train derailment and ensuing chemical disaster that has unfolded in the small town. And, you know, he stopped by for a couple hours, shook hands, wore a hard hat and reflective vest, looked very serious. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Ah. You know. Like, this thing has been going on for almost a month at this point, and he finally got bullied into doing it, partially, I think, because Donald Trump was the one who showed up and was handing out Big Macs and whatnot, and water, Trump water, high quality. Yes. Trump water. Trump water. It's interesting, though, uh, last night, Mayor Pete took to the uh, Twitter machine and suggested that any criticism of him is a smokescreen for the greedy corporations. Oh, shut up. What? Yeah. It's his go-to all the time. He says, uh, happy to discuss timing of our Ohio visit, but starting to think that some in Washington want that to be the main focus. So there aren't too many questions about rail safety regulation. Who is for and who is against? We will hold the line on railroad safety and accountability. Except... This guy, like last week, went out and said, or earlier this week, I guess, went out and said, well, there's like a thousand train derailments all the time. I have not heard him talk about this in the two plus years he's been in the position that he is in. 
that's the thing. You say it's a thousand a year. Okay, Democrats have been in control. You had plenty of time to do something about it. You didn't do anything. And now uh, it's, it's Congress's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll take our accountability. You will? How? No. They never say it. You know what took him so long to get there? What? He was riding his bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long ride from D.C. You know, we had that little clip of him talking about how he loved transportation because that's when he became transportation secretary. That's like a 30-second clip. What, yeah. I want to hear the rest of it if we okay. can. Yeah. Let's do that. More than once as a college student, I would convince a friend to travel nearly 1,000 miles back to Indiana with me on Amtrak. Though I know that in this administration, I will at best aspire to be the second biggest uh, train enthusiast <laughs> around. I spent a spring break in graduate school aboard a cargo ship studying there. <laughs> Travel in my mind is synonymous with growth, with adventure, even love, so much so that I proposed to my husband Chaston in an airport. Yeah, that's it. Yes. There you go. See? Airport terminal. I rode on a train in college and uh, I spent a spring break on a boat and I proposed in an airport terminal. Was he in the cargo bin? Or just on the ship. <laughs> I think he was on the boat. I'm not really sure what he was doing there. But I don't know either. So, transportation secretary, yeah, yes. It. You know what, though, man? I'm excited. This is inspiring because I know that I am now qualified to be the transportation secretary. I've yeah. ridden on a train on two continents, okay? Mm-hmm. Europe and America. Yeah? Yeah. I also owned a Hot Wheels track as a kid. I did, too. I understand. That makes three of us. I understand how transportation works, okay? Okay, before we move on, i got to just ask this real quick personal question. Mm -hmm. With the orange Hot Wheel track, anyone ever get spanked with one? Yes. I smacked my sister with one. (laughs) Man, that hurt on the butt or the back of the legs. Golly, that stung. I still love the track, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, that'll get you right quick. Well, it also qualifies you to be transportation secretary. Okay. You know how to use the track, too. I I try. Right. Well, sometimes the Hot Wheels would come off the track. Occasionally. I mean, if you're going to try to do the whole somersault thing. Yeah, that happens like a thousand times a year. Yeah. I won one round of the Pinewood Derby once. Did you really? You did. Well, you had to make your own car out of wood. Yeah. Didn't your dad make it? Yeah. (laughs) You just admitted it. that That was my one foray into scouts. I was in there for one year. And mm-hmm. my car came in dead last because I was the one kid that didn't have a dad around to to help oh, build it. Golly. Yeah. So mine like has three wheels and two of them fall off halfway down the track. It was a disaster. <laughs> kind of like an honor to dad. Yeah. <laughs> wheels are falling off. <laughs> I remember saying something to my dad about it, something scouts. He's like, yeah, we don't do that. Go out. I'm going to hit you some fly balls. <laughs> okay. Got it. That was pretty much it. I just remember putting the lead in it. Trying to get, get, oh gosh. Yeah. Okay, moving on. You know what? Joe Biden, American hero. You know why? Apparently risking his life for democracy. Risking his life. Yeah. Who had this take, David? Oh, yeah. His life when he goes up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Trump, he, he went to East Palestine, Ohio, dropped off a few tons of water, and... Uh, you know, went to, uh, you know, McDonald's and was ordering and paying for food for people, having some fun. Mm-hmm. The, the people that, that showed up, they loved it. They loved oh, him yeah. being there. Mm-hmm. And I think that he needs to do more of this kind of stuff. 
Whenever there's something happening, go out, hit the road, Don. Buy some big, big Macs, give them some Trump water and whatnot, and just and do that for the next year. Yes. Well, I mean, I think you got to do other stuff, too, but I think your biggest point is just don't say stupid things on your social media account. Right. Exactly. Put the phone that, down But that's a always bit. been the case with Trump. Yeah. Go, go do what you do best and go yes. connect with the people who love you. Uh, anyway, uh, apparently media hates it because he beat Joe Biden to the punch. Because, oh, what's he really doing there? Giving uh, Here's MSNBC's Joe Scarborough. Oh, boy. Oh, goodness gracious. The guy's just so gross. He really is. I mean, you're talking about Trump water, branded Trump water. Uh, and, and by the way, he's such a hypocrite, too, talking about attacking Joe Biden while Joe Biden is going, you know, risking his life, fighting for Western democracy, something he doesn't give a damn about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did he, do these idiots actually think that Joe Biden was at risk of being bombed? By Vladimir Putin when he went. Well, you heard the air raid sirens going off, did Yeah, but, I mean, even the CNN reporter on the ground and Reuters was reporting, like, that was the first time in months they'd heard air raid sirens. And it just happened to be during the photo op with Joe Biden and uh, President Zelensky. Interesting. Well, these are the same people, too, that will say, well, words and silence is violence. Right. So I suppose in their world, just showing up in Kiev was risking his life. But, it, yeah, they, they really actually have convinced themselves that Joe Biden was going to get bombed by Russia. The government told Russia a couple hours right. ahead of time that Joe Biden would be in there as a warning, like, hey, don't really, you, you don't want to risk anything here. Because, I mean, Putin, he may be crazy, but he's not dumb. He's not going to blow up the president of the United States. Are you out of your no. mind? No. <laughs> but that's what they do. Like legacy media, it's. Just crapaganda all the time and trying to make people believe that was so courageous. Risking his life. By Scranton Joe to go over there and risk his life for democracy. Goodness gracious. God. Okay. Oh, switching gears, man. Saw this story. Um, wanted to get your take. Uh, and this is a little bit of a different situation than what you were in, Scott, a few years ago. But I see the headline, more parents are moving in with adult children at younger ages. I'm thinking, okay, what does that mean? I knew that there were a lot of people, say, 25 to 30 years old or even sometimes up to 33 or 34 that live with their parents. That's happening longer. Mm -hmm. But what is also happening are parents moving in with their kids that are millennial age, like Mm -hmm. your age, David, around 35. Have you seen anything like this among your peer group? Yeah, I I got a neighbor, and and part of it was because of economic hardship, like like pooling resources. And not necessarily that anybody couldn't afford to live on their own, but also child care. Um, Because, uh, I mean, the the daycare system right now, uh, they're struggling to hire people, which means that they can't take as many kids or it's more expensive if they do take more kids and so then it turns it was the person that i'm thinking of in my in my mind at least was somebody who thought well this would be financially beneficial on a couple of fronts and we'd get you know an agreement with with mom to watch Mm -hmm. our kid while we're away at work yeah that's sort of what it describes in the story or you know in one situation it was getting the wife's dad 
to come in and actually work for their business. Oh wow! And he said, you know, I was tired of making other people money. I might as well make help make, you know, my daughter and her husband money with what I do. Like, okay, so it seems like it would be a little tense at times, as far as you know. Like you lived with your daughter I lived for a with while. My daughter for a while when I was recovering. Yeah. After your heart attacks. Yeah. But that was not a long-term solution. No, oh, no, 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 no. There was always the understanding that she was going to push me out into the street eventually. Yeah. Well, I think that was mutual, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, neither no, no, one no, of no, you we, wanted no, that long term. Right, I think no, no, yes. we didn't. No. But I suppose there are some people that get along well enough that yeah. for the rough patches that you would go through, it's worth it because people really do love each other. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm looking at two people right now that are looking at me like I can't imagine it. But I suppose yeah. some people do feel that way. I mean, my mother-in-law lived with us for a few months when she yeah. was moving, and that was always going to be a temporary situation. I'll just say it was it was it was stressful. Yeah, at times. But there's also the advantages of more money. Yeah, you can do more things. Right. And then you know, in your case, childcare—that's not bad. Yeah. You know what happens? I'm not trying to talk you into it. Let's just move topics. Moving right along. Just happened to see that story. It's happening more and more. Um, David, you have the story about this fashion designer saying, hey, I think I may know what happened to my stolen clothes from years ago. Yeah. Remember Sam Brenton? This is the guy who says he's non-binary. He's into bondage and gets a sexual thrill out of pretending to be a puppy. The, the yeah. same guy that Biden said, that's the guy I want to oversee our nation's nuclear waste. Yes. Yeah, well, they, they were looking for somebody who pretended to be a puppy. They were needed a glass ceiling to be broken. <laughs> right. Well, he remember, he left the Department of Energy because he got caught stealing women's luggage a couple of times. And that's not something you just do once or twice. If, you know, not the way he was doing it. We're just sort of like walking out, like scoping out the area, walking out. Like this is a this is a this is a, 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 a th this is a habit that he had. Yeah. Uh, Weird. Well, now a fashion designer based in Houston claims that she found a photo of him wearing a dress that she made. Uh-oh. Uh, Asia Compson says that her luggage was stolen from an airport in D.C. back in 2018. And then as the story of Sam Brenton was breaking, she saw a photo of him wearing a dress that looked pretty familiar. In fact, it was one that she has a picture of herself wearing the same one. It was, it was a custom-made dress. She made it. And this, so you can't fake that. And this—that's not off the rack, obviously. No, no, this this freak shows walking around in it. Wow! Uh, and she told Fox News Digital, I, "I saw the images. Those were my custom designs, which were lost in that bag in 2018. He wore my clothes. God. And after seeing her clothing that resembled the ones in the bag that she lost, uh, they filed a, a complaint with the Houston Police Department. And then she got a phone call uh, in January." From the FBI field office in Minneapolis, which is like the first place he got busted stealing women's luggage. <laughs> and so apparently this is all part of the portfolio that's going on as he works his way through the court system. Say yes to the dress. <laughs> Does he ever say no? Say yes to someone else's dress. Yes. Of course. Okay. Got to get to another news update. Also, artificial intelligence. Coming into all parts of our lives. Maybe even making comments about your music playlist. What would they say about Robin? We'll get to that much more coming up right here.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Roberts. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, finally showed up in East Palestine, Ohio, uh, where there was that major train derailment and toxic spill. Mm-hmm. Finally showed up and had an unfortunate moment during his press conference today uh, as he was trying to say that there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation going out about what he has and has not done. Okay, roll it. Both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. Did Norfolk or- so I think, so I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> he said train. Yeah, I... Off the tracks. You know, look, I know that <laughs> this guy is a weasel, he's a worm. That is an un- a, just a very unfortunate, very common phrase, but unfortunate given that he's standing in front of a train derailment. It's like we really are living in an uh, living in an episode of The Office, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, good news, though. The economy's doing great. <laughs> no, it's not. Remember, the Biden administration was bragging about fourth quarter growth in 2022. Yeah, the Biden plan is working. Yeah, they're getting results. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs. End of quote. (laughs) Repeat the line. (laughs) Yes. Repeat the line. (laughs) Repeat the line. Life changing. Yes, it's life changing. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that has been uh, revised down by a couple of percentage points. Uh, and the real headline here is that another measure of inflation shows that it is raging hot. Again, it's one of those things I get so frustrated watching news outlets cover this because they want to go with top-line numbers. They want to try to go data geek on everything. But anyone who shopped at a Walmart in the last couple of years can tell you the truth of what's happening out there in this country. Um, you have to know what is actually happening, not what's happening on your spreadsheet. The only spreadsheet you should really be concerned with when you deliver this stuff to me is someone's real budget. Yes. Yeah. You look at money out, money coming in. Oops. Right. Repeat the line. <laughs> Just money did. coming out, coming in. in. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know. There you go. Uh, oh, I mentioned uh, artificial intelligence. AI-powered um, Comments on your music playlist. That's what Spotify is bringing. No oh, guy. AI DJ. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, it's nothing new. It's artificial intelligence that will pick out a playlist for you based on what you like, right? Mm-hmm. But I happen to see the story talking about maybe even making comments on your music playlist. See, that's not fair. I don't care what it says about mine. I don't think David cares. No, no I really no. don't care either. Yeah, it sounds like you do. Well, I don't want some AI jackass Rolling Stone guy to, you know. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David? Uh, I guess that Mayor Pete finally went to East Palestine, Ohio, uh, to see the, the wreckage of that train derailment and toxic chemical spill. Um, I do think one of the more interesting stories of the day, though, is what's happening in the state of Missouri. We've talked about the prosecutor in St. Louis, who is just a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's on notice now. She's on the way out. The Missouri AG is done. Is done putting up with her nonsense. I saw the headline, man. I'm like, yes, this is what needs to happen. Crime gets worse when you have one of these people in charge. 
they got to go. Terrible thing that happened. It finally broke the camel's back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll get to that and another news update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Marcy, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, this may not be the biggest story of the day, but I think you'll find it interesting because it goes on all the time. And it was a Wall Street Journal story. It said hundreds of energy department officials hold stocks related to agencies' work despite warnings. Yeah, that's a huge story, man. When you talk about the push for a green energy and, oh, we're taking on the fossil fuel industry. All of that, man. Everybody is getting rich off of this. Everybody. No one seems to cover it. I mean, Wall Street Journal did, but I didn't see it in any other news source. Did you? No, I saw it nowhere, actually. Okay. Well, it's interesting. As they go into the story, talking about ethics officials in recent years have warned that one-third of the Energy Department's senior officials that they or their families own stocks related to the agency's work. Reminding them not to violate federal conflict of interest rules. We yeah. won't. Yeah. And who gets How is this even allowed? How are we even having this conversation? How can you sit on that board and, and advise our government on policy you, that you're going to profit and benefit from? Should they do it? Well, they say you, they can't do that. How are we even having that? this conversation? But it's also the people that may not make the decisions but are in the know. Well, they're also influencers. Yes. Of course they are. Yes. Golly. This is this should not be a hard thing. If you want to serve the public in a government capacity of any kind, then you have to develop yourself of any stock that you may have interest in. Period. <laughs> this shouldn't be hard. I don't I mean if I, you hold I don't sway over you. the outcome it's your reaction. You know, but it makes me crazy. Me. I don't even know why we have this conversation. There's just some things I just think doesn't everybody agree on that? No, Congress didn't. They had a well, chance to vote on it. They didn't want it. No, nope. of course not. So, story goes on to say the more than 300 agency officials who received such warnings include nearly six dozen who held stocks on major energy companies Golly. like Exxon. More than 130 officials in the Energy Department collectively reported about 2,700 trades of shares, bonds and options in companies that ethics officers labeled as related to their agency's work. Okay, this isn't the funny part. Depends on your sense of humor, I guess. Um, it's maddening but it, and laughable at the same time, I think. Um, because in it it says they'll get a letter saying, hey, just know, you know, this is something that you have to be aware of. And the letter doesn't direct the official to sell the stock. <laughs> okay, it just advises him or her not to work on matters that would, quote, have a direct and predictable effect on the company and to, quote, remain alert for any potential conflicts. 
In the meantime, the official is allowed to continue owning the stock and is certified as complying with federal conflict of interest rules. So you heard me say, watch out, this could be a conflict of interest. Yes, got it. Okay, you're good then. Yeah. Gee whiz. And the story says, like the rest of the federal ethics system, the Energy Department's ethics policy has gaps. Really? It doesn't take into account whether officials have knowledge or could come across information affecting companies they invest in. Unless ethics lawyers believe the official wields substantial influence over policies or other matters affecting the companies, they don't direct the official to sell the sock. Yeah. yeah well, then but you that, can't have the job. You can't have the job. But that $600 Venmo payment you made, that the IRS is all over right, that one. Exactly. Okay? Right. I mean, it's the reality, man. There's a lot of people who work in the federal government who actually hate you as an individual. They might not know your name. They may not have ever met you, but they hate your very existence. <laughs> you are you are nothing more than a vector for cash and power for them. I'm sorry, man. Anytime I hear anyone say they hate you, <laughs> I think of the classic bit that you brought to this show years yeah. ago now, David. And I can't help but laugh. And now I feel like i got to explain it because what you just said was not funny. But there's something that I hear in my head that I can't help it. Do you know what it is, Scott? No, I don't think so. Really? Maybe. You know exactly what it is, don't you, David? Oh, yeah. I think I quoted off the air like three times a week. Okay. I think I can find this fast. It's an old, it's an old <laughs> Alex Jones meltdown. It is like freaking out about Hillary Clinton and freaking out about uh, all sorts of stuff. And yes. he goes like something like, "They hate you. They hate, <laughs> they your, hate God. They hate God. God and damn yes. them to hell." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I got to pay off the reference. Our lives. Did- no, that's not it. Gosh dang it! See, this is a live show. No, it certainly is. You played it before, like it's on your phone or something, isn't it? No. I bring it up off the computer. I mean, every once in a while, yeah. you drop that one in there. Yeah, let's see. I mean, the name of this is now Julian Assange Trolls the World. No, that wasn't it either. That's a good one, though. Okay, give me give me 10 minutes. Okay. And I'll pay it off. Because it's absolutely worth it. There is no way, at least for you two, that it could be played that you're not going to laugh. Yeah. Because it happens every single time. I laugh at your sound effect at the end, too. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. <laughs> if you're listening right now saying, what are you no talking about? What you're talking Trust about. me, okay? Yeah, right. Give so, it 10 minutes. All right. All right we'll we'll get to it. it. We'll find it. We'll get it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Missouri Attorney General, yeah. because a lot of people love this story. I, I love this story. Finally, you got another Republican lawmaker growing a pair and fighting against the tide of progressive social justice warrior nonsense and insanity. The Attorney General of Missouri, Andrew Bailey, has fired the St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. We've talked about her before. She's one of these progressive prosecutors. She's pro-criminal is what she is. Uh, I mean, she had a blacklist of officers she didn't like and refused to prosecute anything that was brought to her by those officers. It's unreal. It's It's, like if everyone in America knew this person's story, 
serious. They were yeah. the outrage. Well, I and it's been mayhem in St. Louis, and a lot of it, a lot of it is because there's been, well, really no consequences for criminal behavior. Uh, experienced attorneys in her office have been quitting or getting fired. A a murderer walked free because no one showed up to court. Right. That that's crazy. Uh, that it's wild, man. Uh, the final straw, though, was a car crash that happened uh, just shy of a week ago. A uh, 16-year-old named Janae Edmondson visiting from Tennessee for a volleyball tournament. Uh, she was hit by a car. She's lost both of her legs now. The car was driven by a 21-year-old named Daniel Riley, according to the police, uh, who was supposed to be on house arrest with a GPS bracelet, and he was supposed to be on trial for an armed robbery that he committed in August of 2020. The trial was scheduled for this, or I'm sorry, last July, but was postponed because Gardner, the prosecutor, her office was not prepared to move forward with the prosecution. Unbelievable. Now, in the seven months since he got the GPS monitor, he's violated the terms of his monitoring over 40 times. The most recent violation took place five days before the accident, before the crash. Go to jail. The uh, prosecutor directly to jail. And the prosecutor's office had not filed any motions with the court yes. to have the bail revoked. And the thing is, it wasn't. It's not just. I, I think I, I, I can almost guarantee you that somebody on MSNBC or elsewhere will say this is a oh this is a Republican going after a black woman in power. Uh uh-uh. uh, that won't fly because uh, Tish Jones, the mayor of St. Louis. Yeah. Also is on board with this because she's looking around and she's saying, look, this is chaos. We got to have she had tweeted out something a couple of days ago saying, like, basically, this prosecutor needs to reconsider her future because this is this is not sustainable. This is not working. St. Louis has a higher murder rate than Ecuador or El Salvador. I mean, it's 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 a disaster because of this nonsense. That is interesting. The mayor's on board. And does she go by Tish? I thought it was Tishara. Are you on a nickname basis with her? I when when I was covering news in Missouri, she was always known as Tish Jones. Oh, got it. Okay. At least that's how I always heard it. Okay, that's cool. Well, we're tight though. That's cool. Yeah. You and Tishara. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pay it off. If you're just joining us. They hate you. <laughs> they hate prosperity. They hate God. They <laughs> I, we're going to find the left. Okay, so that's when David said less than five minutes ago, they hate you. He was talking about, who were you talking about when you said that? It was something to do with the story oh, from the Wall Street Journal. People who work in, in the federal government at yeah. the highest levels. Not, and anytime I hear anyone say they hate yeah. you, I will always think of that incredible <laughs> Alex Jones bit where he lost it. What, was, what led up to that? It was Hillary Clinton, yeah. right? We're going to have President Linda Blair, people. <laughs> okay, now i got to hear the whole thing. It's too good. It's less than, what, 40 seconds. Roll that. God, people are so evil. Why can't America wake up and beat them? <laughs> oh, yes. Donald Trump's not perfect, but he doesn't want to hurt you and your family. Hillary and Obama want to make you poor and pathetic. We have all their white papers. They hate you. They hate prosperity. They hate God. They hate children. They damn them now. 
I, we're going to find the lever to beat these people, and they're, they're going to be beat. Look at her shark face. Have a look at her with that demon face. That's a freaking demon. We're going to have President Linda Blair, people, and I'm not going to go along with it. That is the freaking best. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. A demon face. <laughs> wow. All right. Switch gears. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, on a different note, this is amazing to me. How many people in America would you say would say nepotism's bad? Majority, right? Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, I don't think so. But if you had to put a percentage on it, what would you say, Scott? 30%. Not more than 50? No, probably not. No. Oh. David, what Some would you think? Some people that have, you know, get great value from nepotism, so. Yeah. I'd say uh, 40%. It's 16. I was surprised. 16? Yes. Wow. Because usually when you hear, oh, it's nepotism... People are like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. But the new survey says, well, if we use the broad definition, essentially giving it, you know, some sort of edge to family or friends in the workplace, people are like, well, everybody does it. And I suppose if I was in that position, I'd do it too. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty. Well, my, my skill is career advancement, despite the fact that everybody hates me. No one hates you. What are you talking about? Damn them to hell. Damn them to hell. <laughs> People are so evil. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for a while there in your career, it wasn't that people hated you. It's just any job you were filling in for, you took their job. Yeah, it was a bloodless coup. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They hate you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hear that. Operations manager Linda Blair, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People say nepotism is okay. Fitbits could cause a heart attack. Uh-oh. Sorry I gave you that Fitbit, Scott. you got to explain this story, David. And we got a news update straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Pentagon sending some additional U.S. troops to Taiwan. Ah. Relations with China, a little tense right now. Yeah. That's been the worry for a while. Yeah, they're flying over there in a hot air balloon, by the way. That's not true. No, that's not true. That was, that was fake news. The thing is, how many people were like, are you serious, David? <laughs> because right. we are in this world where things are so unreal at times, you don't know what's real and not. Mm -hmm. Did you know he was joking, Scott? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I could see it in your face. You're yeah. like, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, okay, tell us the story. We mentioned it, David. You're saying Fitbits could cause a heart attack. Well, there's uh, this study that's being carried out by researchers from the University of Utah. Uh, they were looking at different wearable fitness trackers. Well, I gave Scott my old Fitbit yeah. to help him with health, not cause problems, just so you know, Scott. No, I got a Fitbit on you. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, the Fitbit 
smart scales, the Galaxy Watch 4. There's something called the Mood Metric Smart Ring. Things that are supposed to like measure your body, uh, like your BMI, your mm-hmm. your uh, fat body fat percentage, your heartbeat, all that stuff. What yeah. they're worried about now is electrical impulses that get sent out of that to test things like what's your water weight and body fat percentage and things like that might mess with pacemakers and actually Ooh. tell the pacemaker that it is. Uh, that everything's fine when it's not. Got it. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. I don't I, I totally am opposed to teaching BMI at school. <laughs> <laughs> do you look at your Fitbit numbers a lot? Um, occasionally. And not, not a ton, but I do, I do check heart rate every now and then. Yeah? Yeah. yeah what is it like on this show compared to when you're... Like, not, what is it right now? Like, just compared... Does it? Do you get a big right jolt during the show? It's sixty-two beats per minute now. That's normally where it is when I'm resting. That's pretty good, dude. You're way better than me. Yeah, way better. Uh, I don't know how to get to mine at the moment. I don't want to waste any more time. No, my, my usually when I'm, mine is running between. It depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing like long walks or whatever, yeah, it'll yeah. Go up to like seventy-three, seventy-four. Where's yours at normally during the show, David? Uh, it's been a while since I've had any sort of smartwatch on there. I would say usually it ranged from like beginning of the show because you're trying to get like amped up and ready to go. The adrenaline rush is happening and all that stuff. Usually it would hover around for a couple of minutes, around 100 beats per minute, and then it settled into like the mid 70s. Yeah, I'd be like between 100 and 110. Really, all the yeah. time? And then it would settle like in 90s. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're also on well, amphetamines, so. I think someone made the decision that I would quarterback this show, which I still freaking resent. Sorry. I got a great idea. The guy that's got ADD, let's make him quarterback the show. Well, you never know what play we're going to run that way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, just hit 100 again. There you go. Here we are. Okay. That's what makes it fun, right? Oh, yeah. Of course. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so Mayor Pete, Pothole Pete, finally made it to Ohio. Yep. Rode his bike. That's not true. (laughs) His little helmet on. (laughs) (laughs) But he had his hard hat on today. (laughs) That's right, he did. And goggles. Reflector vest. Yes. Looking the part. Yes. Mm -hmm. How did it go, David? Well, I think he was very disappointed because he saw a lot of white folks working on the cleanup. Oh. Yeah, you know, he's he's like, no, we got, we, it's just too racist, Okay. Clean up equity. Yep, we need clean up equity. That's correct. Uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting today, though, that when a couple of reporters uh, tried to talk to Mayor Pete, you know, he got shuffled into a building somewhere. And 
then the spokeswoman for the Department of Transportation said, I'm happy to talk to the press, but you got to turn your cameras off. That's weird. Why? That is weird. I don't understand that one. That's not how it works. I, I don't understand. Why would they even think that, David? Have you seen that before when you used to be in news? Not, you, well, usually it's I don't want to be on camera and I'm going to walk away. It's not, you know, cameras I'll down. talk to you, but turn the cameras yeah. off. I don't know about that. I've never experienced that. I'll put it that way. No. No, it was strange. And the way they said it, too, what was it? It, it was aggressive or some nonsense yeah. like that? I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, absolutely. Sir? I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why why is it aggressive? Can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Kerr? He took her the other day when he, she was asking a question in Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your question. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I have my oh, camera my goodness. Go. If I turn it off, we you all have your cameras on. I can see them. You guys, I'm happy to have this conversation. Notice she never answered the question. Why is that aggressive? Have your camera on. That's just what they throw out there. I didn't feel safe. It was aggressive. It's their go-to when they don't want to answer any questions. If you think having the camera on... Asking a press secretary a question is aggressive. Yeah. You may need to go get help. Yeah, or, or or you may need to find a different line of work. I'm yeah. just going to say that. Career change. Yeah. But, but Pete Buttigieg, though, was asked whether or not it was a mistake to not come here or go to East Palestine sooner. Yes. And he says, well, he blamed someone else. It, it's, it's the system, right? It's the norms. That's why. You want to hear this? Sure. Go ahead. In retrospect, should you have come a little sooner? So, again, uh, in terms of the timing of the visit, I'm trying to strike the right balance, uh, allowing NTSB to play its role, but making sure we're here in that show of support. There was no one there. Yeah. Weeks. He also went on to say, what I tried to do was balance two things, my, my desire to be involved and engaged and on the ground, which is how I'm generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm. Oh, come on. It's please. a group of people that didn't vote for us. I don't care about them, but I can't say that. Yes, he poo-pooed it. A thousand happened every year. He didn't go until he was forced to go. It is what it is, man. I mean, and the media is going to cover for the dude. They just are. The way it was covered on the Today Show, it was like he was a hero with this thing. <laughs> but that's nothing new. Did you see it last night? Um... It was on Tucker's show, and he had one of the montages that his people put together. Back when he was running for president, the media going gaga over him. Oh, It's yeah. laughable in retrospect. Yeah. I don't think you've heard this, right, David? No, I have not. Yeah, I wanted to play for you. Here you go. There he was yesterday, front and center, now third in the polls, with a speech that many have said are historic. He's inspirational so far, and that's that's something that, that voters absolutely want. He has this appeal for a lot of reasons. He is a veteran. Uh, he is openly gay. He is from Indiana. Okay, if you've served and you're from Indiana and are gay, you got a bright future. But, but voters... Appeal. I, I always like when, when these people who are so far out of touch say, like, this is what the American people want. Well, they didn't. Democrats didn't care about his campaign. Well, white women did. <laughs> Early on. Yeah. And then he had a huge problem with the African-American vote. That, and he tried to, tried to do his best. Remember, he appeared with Lizzo, for crying out loud. Yeah. Oh, I I'm forgot that about guy. that. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was doing everything possible. Nah, I don't think so. You are a concert pianist. You speak many languages, including Norwegian, that you learned because you wanted to read a book. The second coming of Obama, huh? We'll see about that. My prayers may have been answered if that's true. The draw to this point has been young, fresh, positive, and a change agent. This guy is chicken soup for my soul. (laughs) Nicole Wallace! She's the worst. He was the one guy that could put a smile on that long face. <laughs> Mayor Pete. This guy's chicken soup for my soul. <laughs> okay, Republicans are killing trans kids, I hear. Yeah, that's, that's according to the uh, White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, the Make-A-Wish press secretary. She was she's given the briefing today and uh, came out and said, hey, we got to pass a bill to make sure that doctors can castrate young men who are confused about their gender and perform double mastectomies on confused teenage girls as well. No. You're supposed to follow the science. There was another report that came out today, 80%. Gender dysphoria? Uh, Over it by the time they're 18. But go ahead, Kareen. Now, I also want to give an update on a wave of anti-equality bills filled across America in recent weeks. You mean... Child protection bills. Yeah. And actually, she also means filed, not filled. Yeah, that's but true. she's a moron and can't read, so well, there yeah. you go. These cheap shots don't come without repercussions. LGBTQI plus Americans, especially transgender Americans, are seeing alarming levels of depression and suicide, as well as being victims of hate crimes. Uh, that also is not true. Just flat out false. The president and his administration will continue fighting for all Americans and their dignity because equality under the law isn't just a slogan. It's a bedrock principle of our democracy and LGBTQI people. She can't even say it. She's a member. Right. Right. Jeez. What is this bullcrap? It's a bedrock principle of our democracy. The kids get castrated? The kids can just imagine, you know, I'm really a boy, even though you're a girl. That's a bedrock. Yes, apparently. Get these clowns out of here. And LGBTQI people, plus people, deserve to live full, equal lives in every corner of our country, no matter where they live. That's why it's so so important for Congress to come together and protect Americans' rights to be who they are in this country. No. The old bait and switch. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this huge group. No, we're talking about kids right now. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. You know, they're going to commit suicide if you Republicans have your way. No, it's protecting children from people that want to make a gob of money and sick people. That's it. Oh, yeah. Did, did you see the, uh, the documentation? This was from uh, Rachel Levine. Again, this is the morbidly obese man who thinks he's a woman that Biden put as the number two person at Health and Human Services. Uh, right. When Dr. Levine was the uh, chief health official in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, there have been some documentations from that era uh, where they're talking about, I guess it's a new gender clinic or a new, like, anyway, they, they, as, they, as they are discussing this, one of the things that was critical that they were talking about was the profit, was about, hey, before we get people invested in this, we need to let them know how much money they're going to get back man and that's it and you know you can say hey that's the course of business well you're you're not talking about 
unused farmland here, okay? You're talking about kids. They don't care. They don't care. By the way, did you see the person that detransitioned filed the first lawsuit in Canada this week? Good. That would be first of many. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Well, Tucker, uh, and that person's 34. Tucker had the guy on last night. I missed it. Yeah. I what, mean, did, what did the guy say? He's detransitioning. It, it's a disaster. It, dude, you it's, read these stories. His life is a oh, disaster. Gosh, it's awful. And he didn't come off as some insane lunatic. Came off as a guy saying, hey, I did it, and here's, it's terrible, and here's why. Well, there's a mental illness involved. And they don't treat the mental illness. It's just like, yep, pass, go. Get your puberty blockers and get uh, signed up for surgery. Oh, there's gobs of money in it, number Golly, one. Golly, man. Okay, let's just get all the disturbing stuff out at the same time, or at least at one piece of this show. What is going on in San Diego? You have a clip, David. Oh, man. Okay, so there's been this major uh, human trafficking ring bust that's happened. 48 people arrested. Eight children Eight people under the age of 18, the youngest one being 13, uh, were busted. And the thing that law enforcement is saying now in San Diego is one of the biggest headwinds they are facing is this new law that took effect at the beginning of the year that was pushed by one of the worst lawmakers in America. Uh, He's a state lawmaker named Scott Weiner. And yes, is, heard the name. Can't forget it. Yeah, th- this is the guy, uh, one of the more controversial things that he pushed for was decriminalizing, knowingly giving someone HIV. Right. That's that's insane. I, it's Anyway, uh, something he championed was uh, the legalization, basically, of solicitation, of prostitution. And so it's not outright a crime to be on the corner... Uh, selling sex they can't they can't the cops can't do anything about it okay if you're there so that was a major headwind which is why i mean again there's so law enforcement the district attorney and uh and the police chief did a news conference announcing the results of this bust and said we got to repeal this stupid law it's making life miserable for people Absolutely. All right, so that's the clip. Roll it out. The traffickers and the buyers were boasting on social media that because of the decriminalization new law that they can just openly sell human beings for sex on our streets. The foreseeable and predictable consequences of this bill far outweigh this, and it needs to be repealed. It needs to be repealed because, again, we're talking about a young lady by the uh, by age 13 has fallen victim to this and how many more victims do we need to have in sex trafficking before we realize that this is not a good law you know i can't help it man it's what i think when i see stuff like this it's well i think of the johnny cash song right away yeah yeah Oh, don't freeze up on me now, computer. I want my Johnny Cash. God's going to cut him down. <laughs> it's gone. Golly. Johnny was busy. He's making plans with God right now. Okay. They're going to be like, doing do I lining them up? Who's going to get cut down first? Yeah, exactly. He could be yeah. playing a game of horse with Casey right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him that God's going to cut him down. Tell him that God's going to cut him down. Yes. 
I just like to think about that. Remember, you know what, dude? I saw a story that was like these kids' parents added lifts to this kid's shoes so he'd be tall enough to ride more rides at Disney. <laughs> I can remember in a news cycle that would get worth maybe a week's worth of conversation. That's nothing anymore because we got all the hell that's going on currently. What the? Man. Well, what color was he and what sexual orientation did he have? <laughs> news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. This is an interesting story, David. Yeah, it really is. Former Black Panther member. Yeah. PBS has a show called Finding Your Roots. It's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, they trace down the lineage of different people, different celebrities, and then they walk them through a family history that maybe they didn't know before. Uh, Angela Davis, a communist activist, former Black Panther and former fugitive, now just known as a civil rights leader. By the way, some of her work is featured in that AP African-American studies that the state of Florida said we don't want to take part in any of this. Important stuff, right? Right. Why do you call them communists? Well, because you have a literal (laughs) communist who's Mm, featured in the curriculum. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just okay. is what it is, right? Yes. But anyway, this was a pretty funny reveal here. Okay, roll it. Any idea what you're looking at? That is a list of the passengers on the Mayflower. <laughs> no, I can't believe this. <laughs> no. <laughs> My ancestors did not come here on the Mayflower. You, your ancestors came no. on the Mayflower. No, no, no. You no. are descended <laughs> no, no, no. from one of the 101 people who sailed on the Mayflower. Oof. Whoa. That's a little bit too much <laughs> to deal with right now. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that you may have descended from people who laid never the foundation never. for this country? Never. <laughs> never. It's very interesting that wow. this lady can trace her roots back to the very foundation of white supremacy in America. <laughs> you know, that according, is. I mean, according yeah. to their mindset, that's. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I thought the same thing. She's more wow. American than I am. I don't. I don't have any ancestors that go past like 1900. Wow, man. Sorry, I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it is fascinating too. Yes, she's it got, is. She's got two grandparents though, too, because I know a lot of people are saying, "Why is this some sort of uh, gotcha with her?" I mean, obviously, uh, uh, their ancestors were slaves who were raped and things like that. Well, I mean, she's got two grandparents post-slavery who are white. Man, that's wild. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what all the talk is coming out of that. Because yeah, there'll yeah. be hot takes flying all over the oh, place. Yeah. Wow. It reminds me of this, you know, on a lighter note sort of story of the hardest pills to swallow in life, because I got to think that's one for her, just based on her reaction. And what this included was people talking about it online. Like some of these things that you don't want to admit, but it's kind of true. As an example, bad people win frequently because you do see it around you. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, you know, all the way through, but that does happen a lot. Um, or not everything will happen according to your plan. Well, yeah. 
where people will take advantage of your hard work and sometimes make money off of you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, or sometimes things just change. It's nobody's fault. They just change. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not going to stay the same forever. And some people just want to watch the world burn. I just want to watch the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. But that is a brutal truth. Some people yeah. do oh, yeah, just they, want to watch I, it they, burn. Absolutely. It's true. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The biggest story of today. If there's one, David. Uh, well, I guess it's that the Biden administration is kind of waking up and realizing that the optics of letting a chemical disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, just kind of fester without any visit, maybe, maybe that's not very good optics here. Um, the White House press secretary has been asked now when Biden is showing up and, well, this is this is going to get weird in a hurry, isn't it? Oh, is that a little teaser of some audio we haven't heard yet? Yes, it is. Oh, I want to hear that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Because, yeah, as you mentioned before, Trump was there yesterday. People were like, well, where's Joe? He doesn't care. All right, so we'll get to that. And then, Robin, you got your top three of the day. Yep. The trifecta straight ahead. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, Scott Robbins, the Sexy Boomer. News update, David Van Camp. I think it's funny now that Mayor Pete, the Transportation Secretary, has finally shown up in East Palestine, Ohio, to look at the train derailment disaster. Now people are wondering, where is Joe Biden in all of this? Is he going to show up? Because he's shown up elsewhere. Sure. You know, whenever there is at least, I mean, hell, he sent, he sent Vice President Kamala Harris to Tyree Nichols' funeral. That's right. I mean, that, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Like, why, why not go? And so some in the press are asking the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, I'm kind of struggling to understand why this doesn't meet the bar. You've got a major environmental disaster here. Yes. Uh, anyway, here is the question and I guess the response you could say. So I guess I'm just struggling to understand why the president wouldn't go to East Palestine. It, does it simply not meet the bar for a presidential visit? Look, I don't, I, I, it, I want to be very clear here. Um, there's no reason to struggle, I don't think, on this you question. Did. I think when you look at how the federal agents, agencies have responded from day one and took this very seriously uh, and reacted it within hours of the derailment and was on the ground. But that, that's the problem is that people were told they could go back home and there was no problem. And then there was a problem. Yes. The air wasn't safe. The water wasn't safe. They were told they got the all clear. And honestly, it was only when conservative media was paying attention to the story that it seemed like, and I don't know it to be fact, but all of a sudden then it was maybe NBC or a couple of legacy media, and then it just gained more steam because, you know, it's spreading all over social media like, oh, my gosh, this is a freaking disaster. Yeah. 
And then they were forced to go, and this has been almost three weeks. It'll be three weeks on Saturday. Yes, my goodness, to say, yo, we had them on the ground from the get-go. All the people that were in that town saying there's been no one here. Yeah. So I don't think people are buying it. Well, you no. think Silkwood, you think Aaron Brockovich, you think all that when you watch this. It's like, this is real. Aaron Brockovich was on Fox News one the day. The Aaron Brockovich, right? Yes, yeah. not Julia Roberts. No. The real one. Yeah, and she was saying, yeah, these people need help. It's the same thing, yeah. Wild, man. Okay, thank you for the update. Are you ready for your big three, Scott? Sure. All right, let's do it. Big trifecta. Are you ready? One, One two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins top three of the day, always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, Casey. Casey Kasem. Okay, I think he's ready. I'm ready. Yep. Three. Uh, Number three, you've got a little bit more on this study on face masks and COVID. Yeah, this is from an organization, Cochrane, mm-hmm. a global independent network of researchers, professionals, patients, uh, careers, and people interested in health. They do their own studies. This is supposed to be the gold standard, particularly in Britain, in case you're not familiar with it. They are a British medical industry nonprofit organization, and they've come out with their, uh, they, they did a lot of standard testing on masks and how well they kept COVID out. The efficacy of the mask mandates. Yep. And controlling the spread of COVID. What they found will come as a huge disappointment to wear your mask. <laughs> Those people, there is now, according to these people, and this is exhaustive research, there is, quote, zero evidence that face masks made any difference at all. Full stop. Yeah. This is according to a guy named Tom Jefferson. He went to Oxford, you know, and he's the lead author of this study. But hang on, there's more. What about the N95 mask, Tom, as opposed to the lower quality surgical or cloth mask? Yeah, Tom, what about that? Makes no difference, he said. None of it. What about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? He said, well... They were convinced by non-randomized testing. They were flawed, and these were all observational studios. This didn't work at all. Hmm. What do you know about that? Why? Okay. I think I knew a lot of that already, except for the N95 part. I thought there was a higher percentage chance that it could keep something out. And they say it's pretty much all the same. It's very little None, protection. It, it, very no little. protection. Yeah, forget it. And, you know, all I can think about is Fauci. Oh, yeah, I know. Because it's like he knew in the beginning and then went back and said no. But, you know, I think people forget this. This was this last July going into this past fall school year. Him talking about, yep, if it's uh, a zone where there's a lot of COVID, kids should mask back up. That's how long it went on. right. Knowing better. And you had governors... During election runs, that were calling their opponents irresponsible. Oh, yeah. They wanted grandma to die. There was blood on their hands. And people accused us of that. Well, if Neil we had... Gorsuch tried to kill yes. Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, yeah. He didn't wear a mask. Yeah, that right. was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's unreal, dude. Okay. Well done. Unbelievable. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta. Top three of the day. Two. 
number two, uh, that Sam Bankman Freed guy, he's behind the crypto exchange FTX yeah. that went down in flames because, well, he was defrauding all the people who put their money and trust in him in order to prop up a failing hedge fund. Now, uh, he's been hit with new charges, and this has mm-hmm. to do with his political activities because he was very involved. Yeah, wow. SBF and yeah. his co-conspirators made more than, get this, 300 illegal political donations in the U.S. alone. It's according to a new indictment against FTX. It was unsealed yesterday at the Manhattan Federal Court. The donations, totaling tens of millions of dollars, were unlawful because they were attributed to a straw donor or made using corporate funds, often allowing Bankman free to evade contribution limits on individual contributions to candidates. Now, did he divvy that money out fairly? Well, more than 95% of these donations went to Democrats and Democratic committees, according to the FEC. All right. Nothing to see here. I remember when he did that interview and he claimed, well, I donated to Republicans, but that was all dark money. Yeah. Like it was invisible money that no one could right. trace, but he was giving to all these Republicans too. Please. Well, when are we going to start talking to these people who benefited financially in their campaigns from this guy? They're not giving it back. Well, they damn well should give it back. They won't. Well, they should be exposed. Everybody should know their names, every single one of them. I just had a different thought that really doesn't have much to do with the story, but Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. How about from here on out? You lose a bet on this show. You got to wear the Sam Bankman Freed wig for a day. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> so that would be hilarious. Do we have a Sam Bankman Freed wig? We don't currently. All right, this we'll be, be looking for one. Something they used to discourage betting at one eight hundred bets off. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose, you got to wear a Sam Bankman Freed wig. <laughs> and the countdown continues. Yes, the uh, Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Uh, one of the dumbest mayors in America. Oh. I think personally, the dumbest mayor. I agree in with America, you. Yeah. Lori. Lightfoot. And that's saying something, by the way. Yeah, she is the mayor of Chicago. She is running for re-election. Um, and she kind of stepped in it a little bit by saying, "What, telling people to not vote if they weren't going to vote for her. Yeah, she's in a three-way tie lead right now with Chewy Garcia and Paul Vallis. Big eight-person race election is coming up on the 28th. Uh, so the mayor told attendees at a campaign event this weekend to vote for somebody not named Lightfoot is a vote for Garcia or Vallis. If you want them controlling your fate and destiny, then stay home. Don't vote. In other words, if you're going to vote for them, stay home. I want to be reelected. Now, Lori said she misspoke in telling the would-be voters they should stay home instead of going to the polls next week and casting ballots for somebody other than her. That's a hell of a campaign strategy, isn't it? If you're not going to vote for me, stay home. Has anyone heard the latest polling there? Does she have a real shot at winning? I think it it is fairly close between yeah, it's her like a and dead two heat other between her and Vallis and, and Chewy. Yeah, how in the world is that possible? I have no idea. I wondered the same thing. Who says you know what? It's going great. We've got to keep that momentum going in Chicago. Let's vote for her again. Mm-hmm. I mean, are there enough people who just check boxes for her? I to guess. Win? I guess, man. That's because there's n- she can't point to anything that's better. 
that's crazy. Nothing. And there you have it. Yep. Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three of the day. Oh, one thing real quick that I mentioned briefly. And I really do believe if this was like 10 years ago, this would probably be a week-long story. Controversy. Um, these parents in Florida uh, posted videos about their kids. And one kid's going to Disney. He wants to ride all these rides, but he's just not quite tall enough yet. Hmm. So they added lifts to his shoes. Oh, I, he was heightening. Okay. <laughs> Gave him two inches. <laughs> and so then they posted about it so the kid could ride the rides. But some people were very angry about it. Why? Because you're not going by the rules. Well, and you're not tall enough. And there could be a, a safety issue there because yeah. it's not about, you know, soles to the top of your head. It, it's also about your torso and leg length and whatnot. And those restraints are made for specific heights. Yeah. That are on roller coasters. So theoretically, there would be a safety issue. I think it's funny. I think two inches, eh, that's close enough. Right. So you're all for it. You do okay it for your it. kid, right? Yeah. You've noticed with shoes before. I mean, a lot of kids just wear like flip flops. Yeah. That as opposed to like running shoes. That's an inch right there, isn't it? I guess it depends on running shoe. But Maybe, probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Somewhere half an inch. I would say at least, there. Yeah, yeah, probably an inch, yeah. Or it's Disney. Is, if you're going princess and somebody, you know, some girl's wearing, you know, some shoes that are a little higher up, I don't know. But again, this used to be like a week-long controversy oh, yeah. in the United States. Absolutely. You'd have people slinging hot takes. Do they oh, yeah. want their kid to be decapitated? Parents of privilege? Yeah. You know, crap like that. Now we got we got real problems now. We got to pay our attention. He can't to. wear the lifts, but he sure as heck can go to the doctor and get castrated. Right. Well, that's what is so insane. As long as you're not anti-diminutive. <laughs> Puberty blockers to stunt your growth. That's you know. right. Oh boy. All right. News update and Nimrods in the news straight ahead. Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. <laughs> okay. Remember we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, the foreman of the grand jury that was impaneled in Georgia looking into whether or not Donald Trump broke the law by trying to illegally overturn the results of the election in 2020. Yes. The foreman is this lady who is just absolutely bonkers, who has gone out and talked about how much she wanted to swear in Donald Trump to look at him because it would be really fun. <laughs> that does sound pretty accurate. I, I, I mean, just looks. Uh, she is the epitome of crazy eyes. That It is unsettling. She okay. makes all these different faces as she's talking. Yeah. It's wild. Of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Now, now, by the way, <laughs> she had a, she went to an ice cream party that was thrown by the prosecution. That's what she said. 
Ice cream party. <laughs> prosecutors having ice cream parties with the grand jury members. What in the hell is that? <laughs> Euphemism for something? What does that mean? Yeah. Holy, it's like a real, just ice cream? real ice cream parties. And then apparently used a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rocket popsicle from that party to later formally swear in a witness. It's bonkers, dude. The whole thing is absolutely <laughs> insane. Now, Michael Beschloss, we talk about him occasionally. He is uh, he is an informal advisor to President Biden. He's yes. the guy who was really pushing Biden to do the whole uh, weird Philadelphia speech where he called those of us who, I guess, are described as MAGA Republicans or something, right. are domestic terrorists wanting to ruin everything. Yeah, guy's supposed to be a historian. Yeah. Michael Bachelos, uh has this theory now, that she was a, quote, deliberate effort to damage a potential case against the ex-president. <laughs> she is a MAGA plant. You called it. David, you called it. <laughs> well, you said someone would have that take, and you're right. <laughs> I mean, this, you knew that was coming. I mean, this lady, this lady is a is a Wiccan or whatever. However, you're supposed to. Yeah, do you see her yeah, uh, her Facebook page with the Instagram page? Instagram is what page, I saw. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's full like of the Wiccan stuff and the healing stuff. crystals and yeah, all I mean, that nonsense. Did you go on her Instagram page? No, I saw it and was part of a part okay. of a article I read. And a guy talked. One of our listeners today sent me a note saying, "Hey guys, do you think, or is it just me, that she looks like a little like Getty Lee of Rush?" <laughs> that's I had not thought of it, but that is true. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's too. a like, pretty good cow. description. If you haven't yeah. seen her, she does kind of <laughs> yeah. look like Getty Lee. My goodness, man! Yeah, because we were trying to describe her appearance yesterday. Yeah, well, and I heard something that I'd never heard before. Robin's, what'd you say? Bat face, bat, bat face. face, and Getty Lee. In fairness, is a little bat faced. Yeah, yeah. which means zangular. Face yeah, looks zangular. like a bat. Yeah, thank you. David. Okay. <laughs> Let's just get to Nimrod's now. <laughs> roll it out. Just roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Well, I think for the first time we're starting, and our friends in the Quad Cities already know this, with the Quad City, USA. Wow. Last year, sixty-three-year-old woman in Evansdale, Iowa, came forward with a lottery ticket worth thirty grand. Mm, nice. Her name, Sandy Crow. So you know she gets the big novelty check. There's yeah. a picture of the whole bit, right? The cops recently got a call about a disturbance at her home, and that's when it all went sideways. Because they get there, she was arguing with her roommate, forty-five-year-old Alvin Larson. He was in the middle of moving out. Police overheard them arguing about the winning ticket. Mm. Turned out Alvin was actually the one who bought it. Uh oh. He had Sandy cash it in to avoid having a portion of the money seized because he's in debt. Oh, I got it. Including $919 in unpaid fines he owes the city. Mm. So he convinced Sandy to say the ticket was hers and promised to share the winnings. Don't know how much she was supposed to get, but she realized she had the leverage and didn't give him his full share. So then they admitted the whole scam to the cops, and now they're both charged with a felony fraud. Golly. And that's Nimrod's news.